One of the key themes of the World Economic Forum meet in Davos, Switzerland this time is artificial intelligence, um, generative AI as well. What is the future over there? We've got a, a wonderful guest with us who knows a thing or two about this theme. Uh, Gary Cohn, Vice Chairperson of IBM. Thank you very much, sir, for being with us. Um, WEF this time and AI almost synonymous in so many senses. There are so many around the world, and let me ask you this question first, who feel that AI would mean a loss of jobs. How would you address that? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Look, I think AI is very important, and we're just starting to understand how important it is. Many of us, many of us have been living with AI in our lives, and I don't think we've realized it, whether it's you know, mapping. We all use mapping yeah. apps to get places. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a song list mm -hmm. and how a, a, you, you, someone suggests a song for you. Now AI is be beginning to evolve into more of a corporate backbone entity. Yeah. It's becoming more and more important to the way we do business. Mm -hmm. And look, AI will, it will replace some of the man menial tasks that people don't like doing. Mm -hmm. Tasks where you have high turnover and high job dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. But historically, every time we've seen a great technological revolution, or a seismic evolution in, pro, in, in, in new technology, we've seen companies get bigger and bigger. Right. In fact, I, I, I'm part of the um, WEF AI Governance yeah. Committee, yeah. and I made this point this morning. Mm -hmm. I said, I dare anyone in this room to show me a technological innovation that made companies smaller yeah. and actually decreased the headcount of companies. And at IBM, we're actually living proof of this. Yeah. You know, we have used AI yeah to remove some of the jobs that we have in areas where people aren't happy doing the jobs, but we haven't gotten rid of those people. We've moved them to places where they can be more productive, more, more productive and be more, more client-facing and help us drive our business. So essentially a shift of employment structures, right? People yes. who are employed in one area may end up elsewhere. The overall numbers would be the same. If anything, they might grow. Yeah. Is what this the history of this tells us that when businesses become more productive, yeah. they tend to grow. Right. They don't tend to shrink in size. They right. tend to take the opportunity of taking those employees and redeploying them into higher value added jobs. Sure. And that's what I'm seeing in IBM, and I think other companies are seeing that as well. Let me ask you uh, the, the, the question which affects so many people. Uh, AI is intelligent, it's growing. There are some who've said that um, some systems are, are approaching sentience. Others have said, no, 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 let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, IBM deals with some of the most state-of-the-art systems and technologies and ideas when it comes to AI. Uh, is there going to be a time when, you know, uh, computers can really start thinking for themselves? Well, look, when you talk about AI, and a lot of the discussion going on here in Davos is about trust. Yeah. It's about trust and governance. So what's in the AI machine? You know, for AI to really be successful and for it to be the next leg in global productivity, and we all know to grow, to grow the global economy, we need to be more productive. Right. People are going to have to trust AI. And you get trust by having great global governance. Mm -hmm. And it's not country by country because, remember, AI is cloud-based. Yeah. So companies can move their AI product almost anywhere around the world. Yeah. So we're going to need global coordination on how we regulate AI. And I think we're going to need corporate disclosure. So we believe in a lot of disclosure. What does your AI product do? Where does it get its data? Yeah. Are you protecting copyrights? What does it do with the data? Yeah. 
Have you tested the outcomes? Are the outcomes biased? Have you tested against bias? Yeah. The more companies in the enterprise level where, where, where yeah. we transact, the more you're willing to disclose what your AI does, how you do it, and how you protect data, I think the more people are going to trust it. If people wanted to live in a black box, I think we're going to have a, a, a bunch of real issues. We at, we at IBM believe that it's got to be very transparent, it's got to be open source, and we've got to have real transparent governance on AI. And in fact, Watson X, which is our AI platform, has a big governance profile in it. But you haven't quite answered my question. Uh, are, are we approaching sentience technology-wise? Are, are these computers really thinking for themselves? Are they sensitive? Uh, can they, uh, you know, I mean, are, are they in a sense like us? Well, at the end of the day, every computer has to be programmed. Right, true. So at the end of the day, a human being is starting to write the programming. Now, can the computer be taught to get smarter based on the occurrence of yesterday? Yes, the computer gets smarter. Artificial intelligence gets smarter by going through the activity. Yes. But at the root, some individual or some team of individuals wrote the initial code. So I think that you have to understand that we, as human beings, are at the core of creating the AI, creating the AI product. Wonderful speaking to you, sir. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Uh, Mr. Kohn, telling us a little bit about the future of AI. A uh, couple of questions there on sentience and AI. I'm not sure we got all the answers over there, but certainly it is transformative technology uh, going forward. Where is this really going to lead us? One of the key themes of the World Economic Forum meet in Davos, Switzerland this year is artificial intelligence, AI and the future of employment, AI and the technology which exists presently, uh, generative AI, what are some of the key trends? Uh, we've been talking to leaders across the board and uh, we're delighted to uh, be speaking to Deloitte as well. We've got two wonderful guests with us. Nitin Mittal is the global generative AI leader of Deloitte, travels all over the world with uh, AI solutions and Rubal Chetty is the CEO of Deloitte South Asia, thank you both very much for being with us. Now, I've gone through some of the key points of your latest report. It's the AI survey, state of generative AI, um, you know, with an enterprise now decides next. Uh, quite a mouthful, uh, but it really is a massive survey that you've done of almost 3,000 individuals. Um, what have some of the perspectives been? Are there, is there a lot of divergence or is there a sense that we really need to do something before we get into the specifics? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, first off, uh, uh, thank you for ha actually having us on here. And uh, since you kind of mentioned uh, the survey, there's uh, perhaps a few things that uh, I would call out. The first is there's an overwhelming sense of excitement. Right. It was absolutely clear from the survey that that sense of excitement is overwhelming and it's palpable in the responses that we got. The second aspect of it is that if you take the vast majority of the respondents, and these represent enterprises and organizations in 16 countries around the world, and uh, certainly kind of the top uh, and the largest GDPs uh, in uh, our world. Mm -hmm. And what is kind of clear from there is that 79% of the respondents and enterprises are absolutely expecting that their organizations are going to be transformed. Right. And they're going to be transformed in a short window of anywhere from one to three years. And where they think the transformation would start, and this is again a data point from the survey, where more than 50% of the respondents believe that it is going to essentially start from efficiency, productivity, and cost reduction. Right. That's the first wave before 
innovation and growth, perhaps being the second wave. What are some of the reactions that you're getting in India? Firstly, in very broad terms. So one, I think the Indian participation is also significant. I think we are uh, number two in terms of participation, over 200 respondents. Uh, clearly, in the Indian board rooms, uh, as well as, of course, you know, uh, coming out of the survey, there's a lot more conversation around AI. There's a lot more conversation around how it's going to disrupt their business models and a lot more conversation around skilling. Yeah, uh, because that's also an important element. So yeah. clearly, India is sort of in the same phase of uh, uh, what's happening globally. But the interest, at least I would say, is, is a little bit more because we're number two just after the U.S. Thank you both very much for being with us. The worry in my mind is that news anchors like me might end up becoming redundant uh, in the future. But uh, that's a thought for the future. We leave you with one statistic. 79% of respondents um, in this massive survey done by Deloitte expect generative AI to drive organizational transformation. It's upon us. How will the world, how will organizations accept this change? One of the most exciting chains in India, the Vedanta Group over here, uh, in the World Economic Forum in Davos as well. They are involved in so many areas which have a significant bearing on India's economy. Uh, Priya Garwal Hebar joins us. Thank you very much, uh, Priya, for being with us. Um, now, you know, your group is, is, is diverse. You deal with so many areas. But one of the areas which is really interesting is the semiconductor space. And I know there are announcements which will be made. But why has Vedanta uh, put so much faith in semiconductors as being a critical part of the Indian economy. Um, you've got it. Uh, so thank you for having me here, first sure. of all, uh, Vishnu. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know, semiconductors is not the area that I look at personally, but from whatever I can tell you, in terms of you know where the world is going and what the world is speaking about, um, you know, we're, we're talking about America, we're talking about China. Semiconductor is really what's uh, building and and what is really the future. Um, you know, it's 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 some and and Vedanta has always been a company who likes to drive and likes to be a part of India's growth and development story. And and what uh, you know, what better than to you know foray into a space like semiconductors, which is really the root of everything technology. We, we, there is no technology in the world without semiconductor. And if India can play a role in, in developing that, absolutely, why not? And I guess uh, resilient supply chains is what Vedanta is also looking at. We saw the Prime Minister visit the United States. There's been so much talk about the importance of resilient supply chains, that semiconductors cannot just come from one or two places in the world. And India is so big, our economy is so large, which I suppose is why we need to have it all in-house. Absolutely. And I can, you know, coming back towards, uh, you know, our home territory of, of uh, mining and metal, yeah. you know, um, our Prime Minister has said 2070 net zero carbon India. For that, um, you know, we need 3 billion tons of metal. Now, do we want to spend, uh, you know, all our money importing that? Or we have, we've only explored about 20% of the reserves that we have. So, you know, it's, 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 it's an area that is so key to our net zero carbon future. It's the basis of the supply chain for, for that to happen. And uh, we as India have to now stop being a net importer. We have to be net exporter. We, we have the capability. Right. And uh, let's talk a little bit about sustainability since sure. it is such a big theme over here yes. at the World Economic Forum. It's also core to your group's beliefs because it's not just your, the, the corporate beliefs, it's also the India goals which you have to sort of work Absolutely. towards. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. So, you know, a few years ago the, the term ESG was coined and uh, we got McKinsey in to, uh, to work with us and benchmark and really devise and, and tell us what is the best way forward for a natural resources company in the area of ESG. 
and, and they came, came up with nine goals. May it be net zero carbon before 2050, may it be going water positive before 2030, may it be impacting the lives of 100 million women and children. These are the kind of targets that we've taken and set um, along with McKinsey. And, you know, we've set up a very powerful uh, committee to make mm -hmm. this happen. Mm -hmm. And today we're well on our way to achieving all of these goals, you know, where there's no looking back. Um, we are the largest, we have signed the largest contract for renewable power of two gigawatts um, in, in the country. In fact, uh, you know, the top five largest in the world. Priya, wonderful speaking to you. Priya Agarwal Hebert talking to us about Vedanta, all that the future holds, whether it's semiconductors or the entire belief in sustainability, the importance of the demerger which is taking place. Uh, one of the most exciting corporates in India, a significant presence over here at the World Economic Forum. One of the most uh, impressive developments over the last several years when it comes to letting millions around the world know about floods, droughts, um, the state of, uh, of the environment, the state of uh, particular areas is the easy availability or the relatively easy availability of satellite imagery. Uh, Planet Labs has been uh, at the forefront of this. They've revolutionized uh, Earth observation. Um, the highest frequency satellite data commercially available. Uh, Will Marshall, CEO of Planet, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Um, what are some of the key applications that you see with satellite imagery going forward? Well, look, uh, uh, satellite imagery really is in a re renaissance. So yes. We see a tremendous amount more imagery uh, that enables us to take care of the planet mm -hmm. in no short than that. Here in Davos, you see all the needs. Uh, we're trying to do digital transformation, sustainability transformation. We're trying to help peace and security with conflicts around the world. And what do you need from that? You need better awareness of what's going on on the planet. Hmm. At Planet Labs, we have 200 satellites that image the whole Earth every day to track changes. Um, you ask our applications, I mean, some of the key applications are in agriculture, where we can help farmers to improve crop yield and therefore reduce the amount of land that we need to feed everyone. Um, uh, we work with disaster response, you mentioned, right? So after floods and fires and earthquakes and, uh, and so on, we can bring in data quickly afterwards to help the relief operators, to help the Red Cross or to help the, the emergency re response. But perhaps more importantly, we can get ahead of that and do flood yeah. prediction, right. right? So some work we, we did with Google in yeah. India was yeah. um, mapping every year the change to the floodplains after the monsoon right. that then changes how yes. the water flows yes. and then uh, therefore which villages will be affected right. so that we can then warn ahead yeah. when there's going to be floods. Yeah. And warning ahead, of course, yeah. is much better for saving lives than uh, uh, doing it. After. And that, in a sense, is a key part of what you do, save lives. I mean, we've seen it where, you know, in the context of our own stories using your imagery on, in the Himalayas and glacial melt scenarios. Uh, it must feel great that, you know, this is information which was not there even 10, 15 years back, easy to access, which is now there. Yeah. Um, and in many cases, it's, it's very easily access accessible and available to anybody who needs it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the key uh, objectives of Planet was not just to bring us more real-time information, uh, but also um, democratize access yes. to that. So it's not just the governments that can access this data. It is companies. It is that city um, or, uh, or state um, that's trying to monitor um, agriculture. Or it is, or is, that, is that farmer that's trying to improve yeah. his or her crop yield. Right. Wonderful speaking to you. Thank you so much for sparing some time. Thank Thanks very, very much indeed. Well, there you have it. A look at what the future of uh, satellite imagery is. Planet really a, a global leader as far as that is concerned. Uh, let's see what the future holds.